I'm Ken Young. This is The Listening Studio. Since I started this podcast almost a year ago, I've been blown away by the amazing people in the LGBTQIA community. I probably sound like a broken record sometimes because I say that over and over again, but it's true. As a privileged cis gay man, I really wanted to try to make the effort to reach out and understand a little bit more about the other colors that make up our community rainbow. A year ago, I set out to educate myself about others in our community and share their stories with you. And in the process of doing so, in producing this podcast, I've been truly inspired. It's, it's literally changed my life in very positive ways. I do hope that these stories that you hear on this podcast translate in a way that maybe inspires you, maybe sparks your curiosity to want to learn more about our community, or at least it may provide a perspective that you may not have considered. I learned about my next guest because of a change in my husband's career recently. My husband, Eric, is an educator with a Jefferson County school here in Colorado. One of his associates is Micah Porter. Micah came out later in life. He was married, he has two children, and he was a high school coach. It was a long and painful process for Micah to accept who he was and to eventually come out as a gay man. But his journey, his experience, his passion for sports are all invaluable attributes that he applies now to help youth through his work as a school administrator, helping students with everyday teenage problems, and as an advocate for acceptance for other LGBTQ educators in Colorado. And he's also a role model for LGBTQIA youth who sometimes reach out to him for advice based on his life experiences. I had the opportunity to meet with Micah at the Center on Colfax. The meeting rooms at the center are small and the acoustics are less than ideal for recording a podcast, but the location itself is somewhat sacred. It's steeped in a rich history and it has special meaning for both Micah and myself. And I was so humbled and thankful for our opportunity for this interview. And that's why I sound a little bit soft-spoken throughout our interview. I so much appreciate Micah for sharing his story with us. Thank you so much for taking time to speak with us today. I know it's a little bit uh, windy and cloudy out there on, on this Colorado fall day, but... Uh, Feels good. It does. Uh, we've been pretty spoiled here lately in Colorado, so uh, do you like this time of year? Fall's my favorite yeah. time of year. Is it? It brings back a lot of just great memories when I was coaching at high school level with cross country and being outside and the colors and... Yeah, it's a special time of year. Last week was homecoming for you guys. It was. Yeah. Yes. Big week for our kids. <laughs> I, I could tell that you enjoy being part of that. 
That's the layer of education where it's fun when you get to experience and get to build relationships with kids outside of the normal school day. Sure. And, you know, that's what really helps lift, lift up the, the work of being an educator and makes it really worthwhile. I know that you've shared your story uh, with a few other outlets, and, and I so much respect your transparency and, and willingness to share your stories with, with all of us. Uh, it's so important. Um, so you came out in your late 30s? Correct. Yep. And you were married for a number of years. You have uh, two children. I know that's that's still a sensitive subject for you, but how have those experiences shaped you into the person that you are today? Yes. Yeah, so I was married for 13 years to a wonderful woman. Um, I have two beautiful children, both adults now. I'm very proud of, of them as, as people, but it was it was a difficult process to come out. Um, I was 38. By all measurement, I had a perfect life, I think, to everybody looking from the outside in. Um, financially stable, solid job, home, you know, family. Um, but there, was, there were some deep, um, deep issues that were going on with me personally that I, I tried to take several steps to, to tackle, but unsuccessfully. Um, for many years. And then I would say the process has been like for me is it's given me a much deeper sense of empathy for what people may go through in their own journey um, and really helped inspire me to use those experiences to help kids. Um, I had loving parents and siblings that were supportive of me through the process. And I know a lot of, a lot of kids don't have that. And so I've tried to use what were my own personal difficulties or uh, the painful experiences that I had to uh, be a positive voice for, for youth. Sure. As a community, we hear a lot about gay conversion therapy in the news, certainly. Um, that played a role in your story. And I feel like it's important that our listeners understand a little bit more about what that experience was like for you would you mind sharing a little bit of that sure it was it was uh voluntary yeah. for me i was uh i'd have to do the math here i think i was in my late 20s when i opted into uh it was called pray the gay away so this was before program. you were married no i i was married uh i got married when i was 23 okay that right 23 24 um and so adopted my daughter my my ex-wife was a single mom when when we met um, my daughter was only a year old at the time so i was the only father that she knew um and then we had a son shortly after we were married and i my son was uh six or seven i believe when i felt that i needed to at that point, my perspective was that I needed to deal with these feelings that I was having. And I'd always had them. And I thought teaching in a conservative school and marrying a woman and living this heteronormative life would bury all of those feelings that I had. And in fact, all it did was make them more apparent that it was uh, a part of me that was not going to go away. So I opted into this um, conversion therapy program one-on-one with, uh, -on -one with a pastor. And there was a, a couple other individuals that were participating, but it was private. Um, 
my wife at the time did not know and lasted just over a year before I opted out because it wasn't working. Um, and it was, it was a pretty painful experience. Is it hard to, to think about and talk about? No, I think I'm beyond the emotional pain that it caused. Now it's, I think I've gone through that cycle of grief with the experience and now it's just more, I, I look at it from a perspective of, of how ridiculous it was. Um, and it, it's, it's helped me advocate against it mm -hmm. and it's helped me support kids that are struggling. I've had uh, students, not of my own, but have reached out that their parents want to sign them up or have encouraged them to do this and, you know, try to be a voice of reason, at least for the student in that regard. Sure. And, and how do you reply to kids that are reaching out to you about that? You know, they reach out uh, for a number of different reasons. Sure. Um, less on the, the conversion therapy side. A lot yeah. of times it's athletes, but you know, I, I always try to make sure that they know their conversations with me are held in confidence. Um, and that I'm not going to do anything to compromise their privacy. I have to be transparent with that. They're a minor and I'm an adult mm -hmm. and respect that, that what that means. And I've been in education long enough to know how to, uh, respect the, the child, but also um, hold to those sort of professional boundaries. Um, but it, it's offering an ear. I mean, being, being someone that they can just talk to or, mm. you know, private message or email um, to ask questions or just to get a sense of it will get better. And that the other side of the rainbow is a beautiful one. Um, that's most of the time what they need to hear. In your professional life, uh, you're very open and authentic about who you are. And as an administrator and role model, do you find that kids are more comfortable and open and talking about you? Obviously, kids reach out to you, you know, confidentially through email. But in your day-to-day -day life, do you find that they reach out to you to talk about what's going on in their life because of your transparency and openness? On a regular basis, that's that's been possibly the most rewarding part of now being out and happy and and still an educator is that and i wouldn't say ken i wouldn't say that my my students you know just seeing me in the hallway or at a game they're gonna suspect or know that i right. happen to be gay sure but they know when they come in my office i mean i have my you know rainbow flag and um signs of of that this is a safe place and then they see a picture of brandon and i and that kind of sparks a conversation. And right, right then you can see a sense of relief with kids. Um, and, you know, when I first, I'm at a, I'm in the second year at a school uh, with your husband. Yeah. Fortunately. Yeah. yeah, he's great. At first, the word started to get out that Mr. Porter was gay. And, you know, there were some whispers and mumbling and teachers kind of asking. But that, I think that's just part of being in front of students and, in a in sort of a public uh, venue um, and then it just kind of faded away and now kids come on a regular basis to to ask questions and talk and how do i navigate this with my parents or i'm struggling with this you know so i just i'm again i'm not a counselor but i think the visibility of me as a a happy healthy adult is important for them to see absolutely i think when we learn that even though we may look different when we go through challenging experiences as humans, mm -hmm. that brings people closer together. And I, I, a lot of our students have a lot of empathy. Absolutely.
Absolutely. It's a beautiful thing. One of the things I've reflected on over the last several years, being an educator and having the opportunity to work with kids and is being visible, being uh, happy and confident and, and open about who I am. Um, I, you know, have the privilege of interacting with hundreds, thousands of kids on a weekly basis and just having that platform to be who I am and positively impact them is really a blessing. So yesterday, as of the recording of this episode, yesterday was Spirit Day. And I know that that was a big day for you. I saw the, the selfies with the kids on, on your social media. Uh, did a lot of kids wear purple? Yeah, we had a real, real great participation among staff and the students. And you see and feel a lot of that both overt affirmation from students. And then sometimes it's quiet sure. and personal. It could be a nod in the hallway or a smile. Um, that they know, and that's okay that too. Yes, yeah. absolutely. In fact, that's I think that's as important absolutely. as the you know the outward mm-hmm. celebration is the the silent affirmation. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you feel that there's been progress made as far as uh, Colorado schools supporting and protecting LGBT kids? Absolutely. I think one Colorado has done a tremendous job um, statewide. Colorado is one of the few states currently that requires a mandatory LGBTQ curriculum in history classes. Mm-hmm. Each individual district is responsible as to how that's rolled out, but that's, that's been a big step forward for the state and for kids. Um, I think it really depends on the district you're in. Mm-hmm. You know, Colorado's diverse in terms of, you know, still kind of a purple state. Mm-hmm. I was in Jeffco for 20 years before I was in Denver, and I left Jeffco because of not feeling comfortable of being an out educator. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in the last five years coming back, it's significantly different with the current superintendent and the school board. And they have an LGBT task force that educators can be a part of and very, very uh, committed to making sure that safe place, not only for students, but also for educators. They reached out to a number of gay, lesbian, trans educators in the district to really begin having a conversation about what, what do our educators need to feel uh, supported. Mm-hmm. Um, just last week, the, the school board read a po- proclamation of support for LGBTQ wow. educators. So that was, that was wonderful to hear. So there, there are both visible and sort of um, maybe celebratory efforts as well as some real concrete steps that they've taken to support the community. That's amazing. You're also a high school program volunteer with uh, an organization called You Can Play. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So when I uh, came out publicly, it was 2013 um, throughout sports. There were a number of reasons why I made the the step to do it publicly originally. I was going to be very private about the process, but it felt like going back in the closet. And, you know, from, from in many ways, um, and I was dating Brandon at the time and I needed to be able to be very open about who I was. Um, I was done kind of hiding that. Yeah. I'd done that for too long, but you out sports connected me with, um, initially with a symposium in Oregon, in Portland, mm-hmm. it was a Nike, the be true, uh, symposium they did for out coaches, athletes. And I attended that 
And it was really life-changing for me. It connected me with community that I didn't even know existed um, within the athletic, uh, the athletic world. And two of the founders of You Can Play lived here in Denver. And I was immediately uh, connected with them. I reached out and they really provided not only, I think, a safety net for me personally, where I could start to immerse myself in advocacy work, but then became some of my best friends. And so I do a lot of work with them on a volunteer basis with high school advocacy. That kind of answered my, my next question about role models in your life. Sounds like uh, there were quite a few. Yeah, you know, that's the, when I was uh, ruminating on your question, um, you know, I have, we all have different sort of aspects of our life that inspire us and it could be academic, it could be social. I was, I had very limited exposure to the LGBT community for a majority of my life. Those, those role models within that community have been relatively recent. Um, it, it really was introduced throughout sports where I read that there were other coach. I was coaching at the time when I came out and I was concerned about actually getting fired um, mm-hmm. as a coach and reading about Kirk Walker, who's now assistant coach at UCLA softball. Um, Anthony Nicodemo is a great friend of mine. He's, uh, he's out basketball coach in New York. And um, they're a little bit more high profile in some of the work that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just really became an inspiration for me that I could do this and be still be involved in sports and do what I love and be happy. Um, but I also would say my parents. Sure. You know, they, I know that's somewhat of a cliche answer, but the love that they gave to me growing up and the love that they continue to give to me um, through this process has just been um, really important. Yeah. Makes a huge difference. Um, You've talked about Brandon a few times. Um, I love seeing you guys on social media. Um, How did you guys meet? So, we're, I don't want to say we're an odd couple, but a little <laughs> bit of an odd couple. Um, you know, I was, when I, when I came out, I was honestly terrified that I would be alone. Yeah. Um, I didn't know the community. I didn't know even what it really meant to be a gay man. Yeah. Um, and so I started to educate myself a little bit and read some local uh, newspapers. One was um, Outfront. Mm-hmm. in 303 and brandon was writing he was a psychology student at at a at the time and i was really fascinated with his work um and he had contact information so i reached out to him and decided that okay i've come this far i'm going to go a little further and i asked him out and uh, we we went and had coffee and we've been together ever since and and he he he's been an inspiration to me um he's someone that has always carried himself with such a level of confidence about who he is mm-hmm. even even well into his youth and that's been an inspiration to me to to learn to love myself sure. because i struggled with that for a long time and it was a mutually and it continues to be a mutually beneficial relationship i'm able to support him where he needs it and he inspires me i think we might have to get get him on the podcast sometime oh yeah he'd be he'd be great (laughs) he's got a lot of uh a lot of uh great experiences and he's an old soul yeah for sure 
do you guys go all out for for Halloween? Do you decorate or we go all out? So we have dress up? thematic co- costumes, <laughs> and uh, this year he's going to be a dragon, and I'm going to be a dragon slayer. Very so cool. we'll see uh, who wins that battle. <laughs> <laughs> Where did that come from? You know, the one of the there are endless number of things I love about Brandon, but he he's always been a Halloween aficionado. And um, when we started dating and seeing each other and he was inviting me to a lot of the, his social events, it just sort of evolved that I was going to go along and have fun with him. And it's, it's sort of almost been like a second life for me to be able to experience all that. Absolutely. Yeah. And each year is different as far as costumes go. Oh yeah. There's, and there's a lot of thought put into it and I'm, I'm usually just the, you know, I go along with it, but, um, do you actually put together your costumes or I'm a little bit more basic than he is. He's, <laughs> he, he is, uh, much more creative and thoughtful, a more crafty. Yes. It's yeah. not coming out of a bag that when he, when he dresses up, yeah, mine are a little bit more custom, uh, his are more custom made. Mine are a little bit more standard. <laughs> I love that. Well, it, it would be so easy for anyone in your shoes to keep their story to themselves and just go about life. Um, thank you so much for uh, not only your courage, but for sharing your story. And I've been wanting to meet with you for a while and I'm, I'm happy this day has come. And uh, I really appreciate you taking time to speak with us. Thank Thanks you. again. Thank you. So many thanks to Micah Porter, and again, special thanks to the Center on Colfax for their generosity and lending their space for our chat. I'm Ken Young. This is The Listening Studio.